live stream. You can check on the live stream to see what you wore the previous week. morning church morning. first snowfall of the season yeah woohoo! that's kind of how I feel I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about that out there some of you are rejoicing and some of you are in despair but you can't argue with the beautifulness of it go ahead and stand with us
Good morning, everyone. You may be seated. Good to see you all here on this winter day. Who thought that was coming? Thank you to all those who came out and helped rake and clean up the yard yesterday. It was unnecessary because now it's all covered anyway. But <laughs> If you're visiting with us today, special thank you. Come and worship with us and trust you'll enjoy the worship service and just enter in and bless the Lord with us or sit back and watch and just see whether you like us or not. I think you will. So, thanks for coming. Also, a special request for you. If you are visiting today, take a moment and fill out a connecting card for us. They're in the seat uh, back right in front of you, or you can pick one up at the back table. Fill one out and put them in the offering baskets at the back table as well. And um, it's just our way of getting to know who you are and to say thank you for worshiping with us. So no one will come beat down your door and ask you to donate anything. Just, just want to say thank you for coming. So, also... Operation Christmas Child. <laughs> 681 <laughs> boxes. <laughs> you know what that means? Pressure's on. We've got to pay to ship these things. So please give generously to OCC. That's all you have to mark on your envelope or in the little memo box on your checks. And all that money will go directly to pay for the shipping. It's $9 a box to cover all the expense of um, getting them around the world. So please help us out and do that. And we, we've always made it, so I'm not worried. But thank you in advance for giving to that. Also, next Sunday, we'll be conducting a water baptism service, and I'm going to end the service today or my message today on that subject. So if you've not considered being baptized in water by immersion, please listen carefully. Um, well, listen carefully to the whole sermon. 
<laughs> but especially take, note of, especially take note of the last part where I'll be talking a little bit about baptism and what it means and why we do things the way we do them. We take you all the way under the water. It's immersion baptism. If you're a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to consider this seriously, uh, following the Lord in water baptism. Also, we'll be dismissing the children uh, later in the service uh, after the prayer of dedication for all of our Operation Christmas Child boxes. And there is no fifth and sixth grade class today, so please, if you have children that age, we keep them in here every other week simply to teach them how to behave in church. Good luck with that. All right, let's worship the Lord together. Please stand. Holy is the Lord God. 
stood before creation, eternity in your hand. You spoke the earth into motion, my soul now to stand. You stood before my shoulders my soul now to stand so what can I say what could I do but offer this heart
surrender my life. I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white, I seated. We really do all, owe all of our lives to Christ because He gave all of His life for us. So that's why we're here to worship Him and to take perspective on our own lives and where we stand in the Lord and how He lifts us up. Before we dismiss the children, I want them in here for this moment of dedication. We're going to dedicate all of these boxes to the Lord and take this gospel message around the world through them. So you know, it's a gift that we give to the children, but it's a, it's a huge gift because it's not just a box full of stuff. It's a box full of hope. It's a box full of life. It's a box full of resurrection life. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that transforms people and transforms cities and communities and nations and families. So let's dedicate these boxes to the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to anoint them and use them wherever they go to transform lives. That's why we do what we do. So if you would like to, you can gather around a pile, put your hands on the box, on the boxes there and pray for them, and we're going to dedicate these boxes to the Lord and ask God to use them for His glory and His glory only. There's also some out in the cafe if anybody wants to wander out there. We've got boxes everywhere. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to serve you and to worship you. Thank you for meeting us here today already, blessing us with your presence, filling us place with your glory so that we can see that the life you've called us to is truly amazing, 
outstanding. It's this wonderful calling. It's this amazing journey that we walk day in and day out in the footsteps of our Savior. And Father, as we gather today, we lay hands on these boxes and we ask for your Spirit to anoint them and to use them. They're going around the world. We don't even know where, but you do. You know each and every one of the children who will receive these boxes. You know them by name. You know their need. You know their heart. You know their brokenness. You know their hunger. And so I pray, O Lord, that you will use them for your glory. The Spirit of the Lord go with them. Anoint them and use them so that lives can be transformed. We do this to honor you, Lord, and we ask that you will honor us by going along on this journey. Bless them and use them for the glory of God to rescue lives, to save souls, to set at liberty the captive for your namesake. We, all, we ask all of this in the precious and powerful name of our Savior and Redeemer, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Thank you all. Thank you all for giving and thank you all for being part of this. And we just uh, trust the Lord to do his part now. And that's a lot, because he can do a lot. So children, you're dismissed to your classes. Head on down. Have a great time. Behave yourselves. Just a reminder, the offering baskets are on the tables in the back. We no longer pass them around in our sanctuary, so you just need to uh, make yourself available to that. And again, just a reminder, we do have to pay for the shipping of these boxes, so please give generously, and I know you will. I think we're almost halfway there already, so praise God for that. <coughs> so just, uh, just dig a little deeper, add an extra something, and, and God will take care of the rest. We trust Him to bless you while you give as well. So, before I bring the message today, open our hearts, open our minds, open our spirits to receive what the Lord would have us learn, understand, and grow in His Word today. So let's worship Him one more time. Father, 
and I thy true Son, thou with me dwelling, and I with thee Outstanding. Are you ready? Thank you, gentlemen. Part five. I didn't know I'd go five weeks, but (laughs) you never know with me. In fact, I think I might go one more, but we'll see. Um, I'm still working on some stuff. Power of the created. You know, this whole message is premised on one point, that we're made in the image of God, and that God gives us creative abilities. 
And he doesn't ask us to just maintain, he asks us to improve. Improve our lives, improve our church, improve our homes, improve our communities, improve our, as best we can, federal government, improve. Make changes that work. And those changes really need to be focused on God's vision. And that's really where we kind of lose it, isn't it? We kind of get our own ideas of what, how God messed things up sometimes and how we need to fix it. And God doesn't mess things up, and he didn't mess things up. We did. The whole idea of the fall is that humanity came in and took the power that God had given them to look at the earth and to, to uh, adjust things and to improve things and to add order to the chaos and added more chaos. And humanity just keeps doing that. So unless we have a clear picture of where God wants us to go and what he wants us to do, we're going to keep adding chaos to the chaos instead of clarity and direction and hope and life and joy and peace. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. This is the vision that God had or what God saw right at creation. And he looked at all that he created and it wasn't done yet. So he added birds and animals and waters and separated the waters from the land and the sky and the light and the dark and all of those things. And he brought order to the chaos, to the darkness over the surface of the deep. God added something. And then he looked in, and on the sixth day he said this. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Hold on to that for a second. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all of the creatures that move along the ground, so they may rule over God's creation. So God made us in his likeness, he made us in his image, and gave us his ability to rule over the earth, to add order instead of chaos, to bring light instead of darkness. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So adding shape to the formless or adding order to chaos. That's our purpose. That's why we're here. But how do we do that? And, and all of this is review over the last few weeks, but I'll get to the main point in just a little bit. But just a reminder, and for those who weren't here and haven't watched them on the podcast, and by the way, if you're not here on Sunday, you can still be here on Sunday. You can watch it on Facebook, right? And on our own webpage. So check it out. You might just learn something. Okay, so purposeful in our actions. So how do we add form to the, dark, to the formless? How do we add order to the chaos? How do we bring light to the darkness? Purpose in our actions. There needs to be a direction. Our vision is for improvement. God's vision is for improvement. When he looked out over the darkness, over the shapelessness of creation, he said, how can I make this better? What needs to be added. And he got to work. 
And he started to speak into existence. All of the things that we enjoy on this earth, all the things of life, life itself. And that really is part of the point, isn't it? That we don't bring death, we bring life. God didn't speak death. God didn't speak darkness. God didn't bring disorder. God brought order. God brought direction. God brought improvement. God brought life to a lifeless existence. That's our calling. That's our highest calling. Whether it's in your work situation, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's with your children, your responsibility to the Lord, your calling from God, the reason you are in His image is to speak life into those lifeless forms. If you have children, you know that that's your job, right? To add direction, borders, order to the chaos. Because if you don't add order to the chaos, you're in serious trouble, right? We had four children in our home, If we had not ruled, as God called us to rule as parents, we'd have been in serious trouble. The nuts would have run the nut house. And instead, God gave them parents who ordered their lives and helped them bring order to their lives. And that's that's what we do. That's our calling. That's our gift from God. We're created in His image to speak life to the lifeless, to bring form to the formless, to bring order to the chaos. And in order to do that, you have to understand the issue. You have to understand the issue. And that's where it begins, right? It begins with us looking at the chaos and saying, this is chaotic. How do I order this? What needs to be done here? You make lists, you make shopping lists, you make lists of to-do, right? I do every Monday. I sit down at my desk and say, what do I need to get done this week? What do I need to get done so that I can get the next list going for the next week after that, after that, after that? There's a certain order that I follow in my life. I get up in the morning and the first thing I need to do is pray. Quiet myself. Hear from the Lord. Get into His Word. That's the to-do list. That's adding order to the chaos. That's looking at the world around me and saying, it's chaotic out there. What do I need to do to speak life to this lifelessness? And it begins in the presence of the Lord. Where does God want me to go today? What does God want me to do today? And I ask specific things, and you need to too. God, lead me in the right direction. Give me opportunities to witness for you. Open the doors for me that are closed right now. Help me understand because I sometimes go in pig-headed into this world. Right? I already know what I want. I already know where I'm going. I already made up my mind. And sometimes God says, hey, knucklehead, you're not listening to me. And he's patient and he's loving and he's kind, but he still smacks me upside the head once in a while because I need it. And so do you. I need to hear from him. Understanding the issue. The issue begins with the idea that the world is chaotic and I need to have form and function in my life and it begins in the presence of the Lord. Because if I can't hear His voice, if I don't follow His direction, whose am I following? My own? What the world has? My own dysfunction? My own inabilities? 
my own fears, my own doubts, my own worries, my own concerns. All those things are part of life and they're all part of the human nature. They're all part of how we're made. It's all part of the fall. It's all part of the chaos. God, bring order. Understand the issue. Look yourself in the mirror and say, you're created in the image of God. What are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? Looking beyond what is. And that's hard for most of us because we, you know, we just kind of get accepting sometimes. Oh, this is life. Such is life. C'est la vie. Obladi, oblada. There are songs written about this. Life goes on. Whatever may be, may be. God bless her. Look beyond what is. See what God wants to add to your heart, to your life, to your mind, to your thinking, to your spirit. What does God want to add? And again, I remind you, you can't hear that if you're not in his presence. And if you don't turn off the chaos long enough to see the order. And that happens on your knees, in your closet, alone with the Lord. Prayerfully considering what can be, not what is. Life is a battle of chaos. It's against chaos. It just is. If you don't believe that, you haven't lived longer than 10 days. Life is a battle against chaos. You're in a chaotic world. You live in a chaotic home. You work in a chaotic place. You have a chaotic mind. It's like a computer with 9,000 amps running at one time, right? Can't go to sleep at night. I had a hard time sleeping last night. I don't know why. I, I, I just couldn't fall asleep. But my mind was running 900 things, stories through my mind, and I'm thinking, what is wrong with me? I must have eaten something that I shouldn't have. That's always my excuse. And the reality is I just hadn't quieted myself enough that day to really quiet my mind, and so my mind was racing. And you guys run through the same thing, don't you? Your mind sometimes runs a thousand different directions, and you need to find some order to that. So, how do we adjust the chaos? Chaos thrives in passiveness. It sounds simple, right? And it's true. It just thrives in passiveness. If you just ignore something, it doesn't go away. Have you tried that? If I just ignore this problem, it'll go away. If I just ignore this person, they'll go away. They don't go away. And the chaos doesn't go away. You've got to take some active responsibility. So don't be passive, but don't be overly aggressive either. And I'll talk about that in just a little bit. And don't get stuck in past chaos. We do this a lot in our lives. We look at the situations that we've been through and we kind of keep ruminating, discussing those things, going over them over and over and over again like... You know, you ever with somebody and, and every time you see them, they tell you the same story? Every time. And you think, why? I heard this story 19 times now and counting. And you just think, is there more to your life than what happened in your past? Yes. Absolutely. Because life is going to keep going on. And you need to keep moving forward. You need to keep addressing what's coming, not what has been. 
The things we learn from our past are the things we need to heal in our lives. The chaos of our past is the chaos of our past. I visit there once in a while, we all do. But I visit there in, in an, I try to visit there, I should say, I try to visit there in a sense of, can I get through this? Have I gotten past this? Have I made steps in the right direction to address that old chaos so that I don't face it tomorrow? So that I don't keep adding to it. That's my calling, not dwelling on it, not feeling sorry for myself, not staying there. I don't want to live in my past. I don't want to live in my past chaos. I know it's affected my life, but it's not my life. My life is I'm created in the image of God. My life is I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. My life is I'm sanctified, I'm righteous. My life is I'm a child of the King. My life is very different from where my past led me. And I choose to move forward, and you need to too. Don't live in past chaos. Don't let it control tomorrow. And don't let it control today. We get unstuck in Christ. Unstuck from the chaos of our past. It's His redemption allows us to let go of all of that stuff. His redemption not only allows us to let go, but He also allows us to use it for His glory. Use it for His glory. How is God using your past to affect someone else's life? How is God al allowing the sins of your past to help someone else through their sins. If I hadn't overcome certain things in my life, I couldn't stand here today and tell you what I'm telling you now. If I hadn't overcome the darkness, the chaos of my past life, I couldn't tell you that the redemption is real. That there is strength that you can find in the hope that Christ gives us, in the joy and the peace that He's offering us, in the salvation that is so overwhelmingly amazing that it'll change you from this moment forward. But you've got to move forward. You've got to take control. You've got to let go of that past chaos. And stop letting it affect you by tearing you down, but by giving you life instead. How do our fail failures help us move forward? How does our past chaos help us move forward? By realizing that we're moving forward. By taking the steps necessary to say, God saved me from that so that I can move forward in my life and become what he wants me to become. To be the man, the woman, the child that God is leading me to. To understand the redemption that he's offered me is, is still there. That that stuff doesn't keep me there anymore. I'm moving forward in his grace. And sometimes it's just baby steps. You know? Everybody has one of those days. Maybe you have too many of them. You need to pray more. Um, where you just don't feel like, I can't even move. I don't even want to get up. I don't want to face the world. I don't want to face this person at work. Or I, you know, you're, you're in a miserable situation. Everybody lives those days. And everybody lives those years too, by the way. Everybody does. Everyone. But you keep getting up and you keep praying and you keep seeking and you keep asking God for His mercy and His grace. 
You keep being thankful that he's woken you up another day to serve him. You keep walking in his grace. You take one more step of obedience to the Lord. You take one more journey, one more day in his amazing grace. And the next day, you do it again. And you do it again. And when you find out at the end of your time after time after time that you've done this, you wake up in a new place, in a new understanding, in a new life. And the bad times, the tough, tough times, the chaotic times, start to have a little more order. And you start living. It's called embracing life's discomfort. And chaos is all around us. Sin has brought us to this place. The fallenness of mankind and the fallenness of creation has brought us to this place. Chaos is all around us. But embrace life's discomforts and trust the Lord that He will use them for His glory. And we could all tell stories, right? I could tell you a thousand stories of times that I just thought, it's all over, I'm quitting the ministry, I'm moving on, I'm doing, I'm doing something else. I could tell you a thousand of them. Times from my childhood, times from my life. And I'm telling you, I'm still standing because of the grace and the mercy of God and I'm still serving Him with all of my strength and all of my heart because of His grace. And if I didn't embrace those discomforts and realize that God's going to take me through to the next day, then I wouldn't be here today. And you're still here because you've embraced some of those discomforts and you said, we're marching forward, we're moving on, we're even taking just baby steps, but we're moving on. And we're going to speak life to this darkness, we're going to speak order to this chaos, we're going to bless God at all times, we're going to worship Him with all of our hearts and all of our lives, we're going to, we're going to honor Him with our brokenness so that He can serve, so that I can serve others through the grace that He's shown me. Embrace life's discomforts because they're all around you and just get used to it. But understand that in that bubble of discomfort is this wonderful place that God has carved out just for you and for Him so that you can walk together through it all. Speaking truth to the world's lies. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are, you are God my Savior. And my hope is in you all day long. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God, my Savior. And my hope is in you all day long. Where is our hope? The God of creation. My Savior. He teaches me. My God. He guides me. My hope. My hope. My hope. Your hope is in Him all day long, all day long, all day long. That three o'clock time when you need a snicker bar because you're exhausted and you're tired and you really just need a nap and you're taking five-hour energy and you're, drinking, you're eating snicker bars because that's the only way to get through the day. Take, your, take some hope in this. Your hope is in the Lord all day long. He'll get you through. <coughs> Excuse me. So speaking the truth, and this is what we need to do in this world around us. It starts in your house, 
It starts where you're at. It starts in you. It starts speaking to yourself as well. Start speaking God's truth to, your, to yourself. Some of us were raised, and a lot of you were raised, and a lot of you live in a world where putting yourself down and making little snide comments about yourself is acceptable, in fact, encouraged, and it is not. It is not. Because if you accept what everybody else told you about yourself, you're believing a lie. Listen to the voice of God. Because he's telling you something totally, radically different from everything you've ever heard about yourself in entirety. Some of you have come through rough relationships and bad marriages, and you have children who say nasty things to you. First of all, wash their mouth out with soap. Amen. Don't let your children talk to you that way. But secondly, listen to what the voice of the Lord is saying to you because he's encouraging you. He's speaking life into you. He's, in, he's lifting you up. He's redeeming you. He's healing you with his words. So start listening. Tune in. God has hope and life for eternity's sake and for you. Lies do not become us, so stop believing the lies. Stop believing the lies in the world. Stop believing the lies you believed about yourself. Stop believing the lies about your life. Stop believing the lies about your children. God is the God of life and hope, and he speaks life into you. So raise the bar. Set a standard that's higher than you've ever dreamed possible before because you serve a risen Savior, and he's calling you to resurrection life, and we need to rise up and start reaching for something higher than what we've accepted. And be gentle in our answers with the world. Notice, this is the definition. Lacking malice or fear. Gentleness. Gentleness. Malice. Striking back. Striking out. I know you never do that, right? Someone says something mean to you, you just go, God bless you, you're so wonderful. Thank you so much. You never swear back. Yes, you do. Malice. Malice. Fear. Why do we strike back? We have to defend ourselves because we're afraid of what? Somebody says something mean to me? Somebody says something mean to you? Something uncomfortable and you strike back why because you're afraid if I don't defend myself then I'm going to lose there's no winning or losing you've already won you've already won you're a child of the king you've already won Amen. you're the redeemed of the Lord you've already won you don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to defend God either. He can defend himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 10 through 11. For we must all be appear before the... Let me start over. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due, due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then, we know that this is what it is to fear the Lord... We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. 
Is it plain to you who you are? We try to persuade others because of what God has helped us with, what God has brought us to. Who wouldn't want to give that away? If you had the most amazing thing ever given to you in your entire world and all of a sudden you went, I have so much, I'm so blessed, I just, I have to tell everybody about it. I have to give it away. I have to help others as well. I look at the need around me and say, what can I do to help? That's your salvation. It's the greatest gift ever. It's the greatest gift ever. So why aren't we talking about it all of the time? If we've been redeemed, shouldn't we be helping others become redeemed as well? Instead of being afraid of what they might think or afraid of what they might say or how they might judge us, how they may look at us, who cares? Who cares? You're the redeemed of the Lord. And it's a gift. Give it away. Because the more you give away, In God, the more you get. The more you give away, the more you get. The more you bless others, the more God blesses you. In other words, you just never run out. Grace has no ending. Mercy has no ending. God's Spirit has no limitations. God's power has no limitations. Just give it away. The salvation, it's an amazing gift. So let's use it by giving it away. Speaking truth to the world of lies. There is a judgment spoken about here. We will stand before the Lord. And he will judge us according to how we lived our lives in our bodies. That means while we're still here, we have life to give or we have nothing to give. And because God's given us this gift, we give it away. And justice will be served, and it's God's justice, not man's justice. It's not determined by me, it's determined by him. So fear the Lord. Get on your face before him. Be grateful, be grateful, be grateful for this wonderful gift of salvation. And give it away, and fear the Lord. Persuade, it means to this. Appealing to reason or understanding. Persuade people, persuade the world that this thing is amazing. Persuade them that God has a better way. Persuade them. Give them reason to believe. They're not all going to listen. They're not all going to like it. But it's not up to us whether they listen or like it. It's up to us to do our best to persuade without malice and without fear. Humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord and realize the salvation is meant to be given, not kept to ourselves. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Humility and granted the privilege to speak. Humility allows that, you know. If you go before people and arrogantly tell them you're wrong, their first reaction is, not listen. If you walk humbly before the Lord and offer them some reasoning, some persuasion, and you do it humbly, knowing that God's called you to it, you'll be granted the privilege to speak. So, drunk on the gift of knowledge, we have a lot of this going on in our world today. Everybody thinks they're smarter than God. 
including a lot of Christians. And we need to be careful about that humility side, that we don't get drunk on our knowledge, but sober in the gift of faith. That all of this is a gift from God. Every part of our salvation is God's gift to us. And we didn't do anything to earn it. Psalm 51, verses 10 through 12. This is my favorite passage, by the way, in all of the Bible. It's my daily prayer. So here it is. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Create in me a pure heart. Renew a steadfast spirit. Don't cast me from your presence or take your spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me willingness. If I, if I allow the Lord to do this in me every day, how different the world around me would be. What a different world I'd see. Hit the video. Today, I tell my friends, my family, the world, that the old Adam, the old Jimmy, the old Crystal is dead. I have been buried with Christ. My sin is gone, nailed to the cross, and paid for by the blood of my Savior, of my Jesus. Today, I declare that by God's relentless, unfailing grace, I am forgiven. I am free. I am new. Next Sunday, we're going to baptize in water. There's a tank back behind me here. This is what the Bible says about baptism. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we were lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Baptism tells the story of Christ, what he did, how he gave his life, how he willingly laid his life down for us and was resurrected into newness of life. It also tells our story. That's the rest of the story. It tells your story, that you've given your life to Christ and that the old you is dead and buried and you now stand in resurrection life. That's why we do what we do. That's the whole idea of baptism in a nutshell. I'm not going to disassemble all of the, what you've learned from the past. This is it. This is the truth. And if you have not been baptized by immersion, I'm going to make a very bold statement. You need to do this. You need to do this. This is obedience to the Lord and it's obedience to Christ and it is a testimony to everyone you know of who Jesus is to you and that the life that you now live is in resurrection life. So however you were baptized or sprinkled in the past, I don't care. Nobody cares. God doesn't care. 
He just wants you to obey him and follow him, so do this, please. Contact me, contact the church, give your life to Christ. Stand in the newness that life and the life that Christ has called you to. And water baptism tells that story, and you are going to get completely wet. And I will hold you under for as long as necessary. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty easy that way. But come and get baptized. Next Sunday morning, right here in this tank, the water will be warm, we hope. So next Sunday, bring a change of clothes. Contact me, contact the office, bring a towel and a testimony. Tell us why you're believing, why you're trusting, why you're taking the step of faith. And that's what it is, a step of faith. It's simply saying, I just trust God, I trust His Word, and I'm taking this step because He wants me to. So, see me or call me, or join me in the tank next Sunday morning. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, thank You for the calling on our lives and for the newness of life that You've already given us. Help us as your followers to stand in that life every day of our lives, to speak life to ourselves, life to those around us, to minister your grace to as many people as you bring us in contact with. Help us to be your testimony. Help us to reflect your image. Help us to see order brought to the chaos. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Pastor John. Let's rest in the hope and faith that God does impossible things, and we know that he can because we've seen him do it time and time again before. Um, stand with us, and let's sing about it and believe it. Set the captives free. You lift a heavy burden, and even now you are lifting me. There is no healer like the Lord, our Maker. There is no equal to the King of Kings. Our God is with us. We will fear no evil. You do impossible. surrounding me there you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies there is no healer like the Lord our maker there is no equal to the King of Kings our God is with us we will fear no evil you do impossible Oh,
equal to the King of Kings. Our God is with us, we will fear no evil. Cause you do impossible things. There is no healer like the Lord our Maker. There is no equal to the King of Kings. Our God is with us, we will fear no evil. God is with us, we will fear no 